Hello, everyone, and welcome to Next Gen Newsweek, your weekly podcast for all things next gen game consoles, including the Xbox Series X, PlayStation 5, and eventually a Nintendo Switch Pro. My name's Mitch, and tonight I'm joined with Richard. Present. And Michael. Howdy. What's up, everybody? What's up? All right, so we are now. This podcast brought to you by Honey Frosted Cheetos. <laughs> you didn't want them, but they're here. <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh after last week we did a uh an episode talking about playstation 5 reveals everything we thought may actually be showing up whenever it happens we predicted i believe i said june 3rd for the event and richard you said june 5th right yeah and then lo and behold on june 4th we're getting a ps5 blowout that's going to be about an hour long that's airing uh, i think at 1 p.m our time 3 p.m something like that anyway yeah it's one pacific three o'clock our time and now you know yes, what time zone we live in please don't track us down anyway so uh, now that we have uh had a week to think <laughs> about everything we've talked about last week does anyone have any last minute ps5 reveal predictions that they'd like to make for something that may actually show up that we didn't talk about last week? I believe that they will have a name departure because PS, the S and the 5 look so similar and we, we just can't have that. Michael, I think they've already confirmed it's called PS5. No, no, no. We're going to unconfirm it. Okay. <laughs> I think uh, not really a specific, but I think they'll go ahead and they'll announce some first party things. Yeah. I do want to make a correction because I was called out on it. Uh, I, last week when I was talking about... Uh, the new Call of Duty game, I believe I said Call of Duty Black Ops Korean War, and it's actually called Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, just clarifying because I got called out for it. Yeah, there's, I personally don't have anything new to share. I just, I hope, I just, they just show a lot of good games. That's really interesting. I'm going to have to look into that. Because a Cold War is like the most boring, non-action-oriented war you can have. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's why this is a fantasy game. That's that's why it's a Black Ops. It's stuff that you never knew happened. Oh, yeah, espionage. Gotcha. That might be good. So, Richard, last week you also spent a lot of time talking about the Silent Hill reboot. And shortly after we recorded, there was a Dead by Daylight DLC that was for Silent Hill. They and did. People are starting to speculate that that means that's adding more fuel to that uh, Silent Hill reboot. Uh, it's got it adds Pyramid Head to a silent hill world on dead by daylight yeah i think it's interesting that they did that it it does add fuel to the fire but i don't know the thing that i still can't get past is when the leaker revealed you know if he's to be believed when he said what he said he said that it had only been in development for just a little over a year and that's still just uh, to me that's not enough time i mean that's not to say that they won't have some kind of video but i still don't think it's i don't think it's a launch title just to yeah, I'm not sure on this. When was the last Silent Hill game that came out? Do you remember? Oh, 2013, maybe? Okay. So, just to add some uh, speculation in this, would it be possible that maybe the pyramid head design that's in Dead by Daylight was an asset that they borrowed from the Silent Hill reboot team? So, that would show like what pyramid head would look like in like a more modern uh, art style? Hmm. I don't know if they've ever done that before, but I'm just thinking out loud, I guess. I'm not sure. You know, Pyramid Head was not in the first one. He didn't come along till the second one, but then he became such a iconic character 
uh, to the series. He popped up a number of times after that. But I don't know. I don't, you know, I still, I would like to think that they would, that they would have something at launch to kind of compete against the medium. I just, I don't know if it's actually been in development long enough for them to, to have something like that to really put out by the end of the year. Yeah, I'm still hoping that they're going to have some kind of banger hit that comes out that's going to be able to be the frontlining game that they show off with the PS5. Because I'm like, like I, we were talking about last week, I we don't really necessarily think that the PlayStation 5 has to have like a launch game, like the launch game, like Halo is for the Series X. But I don't know. I think it would just be. It would be cool if they did. Speaking of like development times and unused assets, I read an article the other day that the uh, creator of God of War, apparently the last game had a lot of unused assets that they didn't get to incorporate in God of War just because of the timetable. So as far as development into a sequel of that, they're, um, they, they were saying there's a lot of unused assets that they could use for a sequel that might expedite development time of a sequel a little bit quicker than what we saw. All right. Well, so the next thing is about both Xbox and PlayStation, because we spent a lot of time talking about PlayStation 5 last week. Most of the news going through this week and probably next week is going to be all PlayStation 5 is that about the way that Xbox and PlayStation uh, are doing their backwards compatibility features and also their next gen releases. So we've known for, I think, since January now. That the Xbox Series X is going to have no exclusives that are only on the Series X for first party studios at launch. Every game that they put out is also going to work on the Xbox One X, the One S, and the original Xbox. And right after the announcement that Sony's event was coming up on Thursday, they put out a press release that said that all PS4 games that are certified after I believe July 31st, are required to also have a PS5 version available, which does not necessarily mean that they have to release it, but it has to be compatible with it. And that PS5 games are not required to have PS4 versions. So I'm going to throw this to Michael first. What do you think is the better strategy like who has the better strategy between Xbox and Sony on this? I gotta give it to I gotta give it to Xbox, honestly. Um, I think you're. I mean, especially with people in the United States getting getting stimulus checks, you're seeing a little bit more of a surge into uh, computer buying, PC buying. A lot of people are trying to work from home, so they're already incorporating that that system that they might not otherwise use into their home. And we, with the addition of crossplay, they have the they have the choice of either going with you know just an Xbox console or just the PC outright. Well, that was the uh, the way that Microsoft put it is that the Xbox Series X is quote going to have over a thousand games when it comes out. But when they say that, it kind of makes I don't know I'm kind of torn on it personally because it's like yes you have access to all of these games. That you know, they're from the original Xbox, the 360, the Xbox One, and now the Series X. But like, you're basically just having access to all of these old games that you already have, but on more expensive hardware. So, Richard, how do you feel about this? I think I'm gonna wait. I don't think it's, I can't, I mean, I know what Sony has said so far, but I don't think they've quite said enough. And I don't think I have enough of 
what they're going to do as far as their backwards compatibility, whether or not they're going to have something similar to the, um, I'm going to call it package delivery, smart delivery, whether they're going to have something that's going to compete with that. I think there's still a couple of unknowns with the way Sony's going to handle that, that I can't, I can't fairly, I can't fairly give it to one or the other right now. Okay. The, the good thing about that, they're going to be able to take advantage of the new hardware. So like SSD support, like whenever that demo came out, I think it was Austin Evans in his demo that he did on YouTube, they showed him flipping between five different Xbox one games and like one original Xbox game. And yeah, I mean, it saved the state of all five of those games and they even loaded relatively quickly. But the thing is, is they weren't even optimized yet. So like when this show, if you've ever played state of decay two on Xbox one, regardless of which Xbox you have, that game loads so slow. And they showed State of Decay, and I think it only took like 20 seconds for the game to pull up from a fresh start of it. And that's not even optimized. That game made this open up and be ready to go. And just stuff like that. And like they said that like older games, like the 360 and the original Xbox games, are like the system will natively upscale them and even boost their frame rates beyond what they were at originally. So it's just, there's a lot of stuff like, and I, like Richard said, we don't know the full story about what's going on with Sony. I don't know. It's going to be interesting on Thursday to figure out what everything's about, but I swear if they do not show the console on Thursday, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> I don't know if we can go another month without seeing that thing. Cause I just want to know what it looks like because, you know, we've seen the dev kit for since like November of last year, I think maybe December and I just want to see if it actually keeps like a traditional console design or if they have to make it. I don't think they're going to end up making it a tower like the Series X, but it would be interesting if they did, though, because that would, that would put the rest put to bed the uh, idea of which one of these should I get? Well, the Xbox Series X looks like a tower, so I don't like it. It's ugly. But if they're both like that, I think it'll be stand up or lay down. I mean, that's been kind of their thing over the past few there's definitely a lot of renders of it. That, there's a lot of them that I really like, too. Like Some of them are just, they look so clean. But um, So, another big thing, and I think I'm probably the one that's the most hyped about this. Uh, big thing happened last week was the Last of Us Part 2 State of Play, which was a about a 20-minute direct, like a Nintendo Direct-style video, just kind of going over uh, some uh, new features about The Last of Us, you know, kind of giving everybody an update. And before I go any further down this, has any of you have any of you played the original The Last of Us all the way through? No, I own it. I've never even started it though. Oh my goodness! No, I am. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's hard to talk about because none of you have played it. So I mean, it's hard. To, it's hard to really just talk about how crazy this game is compared to the first game. But because in the first game you played as Joel, who's the older guy. And now you're playing as Ellie, who is, a, who was a teenager in the first game. And now you're playing as her as an adult. And there's just a lot of stuff that happens to her in the first and, and I assume in the second game that really just turns her into like a, I don't want to say, I mean, she kind of acts like an animal to me. Like, she's kind of like an, very animalistic in some of the stuff she does. I guess we'll do it this way. What did you guys think about the state of play? Like, what, what you saw in that video, what did you think about it? 
I it it looked awesome. I think it's one of those games that it's it has a very sort of I don't want to use the term. What's the it's it's got a complexity to it, especially like the way you can create and alter Ellie to I mean, at least to me it seemed like, you know, you could really sort of shape her, not necessarily like an RPG, but you could definitely alter like her perks and stuff like that to mm-hmm. really coincide with the way you play. That sort of character customization and open world like that is always really good. Of course, it looks beautiful and soapbox moment as far as Sony goes. I think that it's games like that that Sony's really strength because when you look at their exclusives and the diversity of their exclusives, I think that's probably the biggest selling point Sony has more so than what we were talking about before about backwards compatibility and stuff like that is there's a a much broader range of games that are exclusive to Sony and that's why Sony has the fan base that it does and why it's not necessarily so dependent on network perks or hardware perks it's just the availability of the library that they have and this game's definitely a, a jewel in that crown it it definitely is i it makes me so mad. I feel like um, I should already be, be I should already be done with this game. It's supposed to come out in February, and I mean I understand why it got delayed. We talked about that before about you know maybe it was because of real world events, but maybe the game just needs some polish, you know. But I'm glad that it has uh, it's about to come out, and I think 20 days from now I've been able to go the entire time without being spoiled about the leaks that came out of it uh, because you know people are extra cruel on the internet and they'll find it very specific ways to target people with leaks about the game. I really don't want to get spoiled on it. So please, if you listen to this, don't tell me what anything about it. I tell you what, and this could be a, this is probably information that we'll get on after Thursday, but I think that um, maybe a selling point or a, a not a selling point would be what it's going to happen with after the PS5 because my thing is is that you know do I get it now for the PS4 and will it automatically update similar to a smart delivery because the thing is if if it doesn't do that then I'm not buying it when it releases I'm going to wait until after the PS5 and get a PS5 well, version of it you need to go ahead and play the first one and then you'll have time by the time you get done with it maybe you'll have time it'll be time to get the PS5 version well right <laughs> right <laughs> But I think, you know, and I wonder how many other people are thinking that, you know, they've got to address that on their press conference because, I mean, certainly that's something that, I mean, it it makes me kind of break a little bit and think, well, hold on, you know, this is going to be an awesome game. It's going to be a really gorgeous game. It's going to be an even more gorgeous game on the PS5. So if I buy it now and play it on the PS4 and I don't have the ability to look at it on the PS5, Maybe I'll just wait and get the PS5 version at the end of the year. And, of course, that's going to you know hurt sales initially. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, I'm hoping that they're just going to make say, hey, yeah, just pop this disc in the PS5 and it downloads the update to make it work. That'd be great. Uh, Michael, do you have any thoughts uh, about the Last of Us Direct? I'm, I mean, looking at the Direct, I really wasn't that blown away by the graphics. I was really more impressed by just the ai honestly as far as you know like the player's ability to grab the items or 
make spot changes on the fly to the enemy AI as well, responding to all the, all the influences in the surroundings and yourself and the dogs. Like it's all really impressive. Yeah, that w- they've talked about that a little bit before. Because I mean, in the first game, there's you know if you kill an enemy, the other enemies are going to notice that they're dead, but they don't really react to it. And so they said that they went through and like every enemy in this game will react to anyone on their side that dies so if you've got like you know bob and we'll say jane i don't know and you shoot bob in the head with an arrow then jane's gonna freak out and be like oh my god bob you know what you know whatever uh like and i think what's really cool and it's gonna terrify the shit out of me when i'm actually playing this because i get really immersed in the last i got really immersed in the first game is uh the, the dogs being able to track your scent and so you're trying to, you know, be, I play these games very stealthily. I don't usually r- try to run and gun them like some people do. And I'm sitting there trying to have a good time stealthy, you know, sniping people with like a bow. And I got to worry about some dog creeping up on me. No, <laughs> you know, get, I'm going to get mad at it. I know. Um, but one of the most interesting things that I never considered uh, going into watching this video was that there's there's two other factions I can't remember what they're called. I know one of them's like the religious people. The other one's like the, um, not the guy, like the, like, yeah, like the militia. military And yeah. you can, in particular scenarios, you can either pit them against each other or you can put the infected against the other people. It's like there was in the demo, they showed Ellie throwing like a brick or something though, which alerted all these clickers down there in this, wherever, like a sub, like a subway area and they just started they pretty much wiped out all the humans that were down there which just said now instead of you having to deal with two different threats you can you, you let the threats take each other out and then deal with what's left and i some the stuff like that it's just i thought it was awesome how they handled that well that um that about does it for all the news that we've got this week so uh michael what are you playing I've been playing a little bit more Anthem and Fortnite, just trying to finish up some of those challenges on, on both the games. Uh, I'm actually still trucking through the story on Anthem. There, uh, There's a new uh, season of Fortnite starting in like five days, right? Yep, yep. Have they said anything about like what, and they kind of tease what the theme of it's going to be? I haven't seen anything yet. Um, someone else might have already leaked from some of the updates, but I haven't really, I don't really follow that. All right, Richard, what are you up to? You still playing Doom? I'm chugging away on Doom. I, I'd like I'd like to say that I am now two chapters further along than where where I was. So you're on uh, what chapter five now? Chapter five or six. It's it's really an incredibly intense and difficult game. Of course, now I'm playing it on Nightmare. Oh, nice. I'm playing it like on the hardest difficulty. So I mean that makes it a. I know Ty listens to us. I'll tell I'll tell this story because this was years ago. They redid Gauntlet recently on on this generation of consoles, and Ty was on there, I was on there, Zach was on there. I can't remember. There was another person playing with us, and we had to decide what difficulty we were going to play on. And Zach was setting up the game, and he was like, "Well, you just want to do it on normal." And Ty, you know, I'm paraphrasing now, but Ty was like, "No, you know, not normal." He's like, what are you saying, Zach? Are you saying you want to be a bitch for the rest of your life? <laughs> oh <my> so <laughs> we ended up playing it on hard. So now every time I get a new game and I, I choose new game 
and I get that question on what level of difficulty I want to play it on. It's like I have a little miniature tie on my shoulder asking me if I'm going to be a bitch the rest of my life. So I'm always tempted to just play it on the hardest mode. And man, it's it's been a bitch so far. It really has. I, I get that. I do. Uh, but also, uh, I remember reading an article several years ago that was, you know, talking about playing on easy mode. At least it's just like initially just to complete the storyline and then going through it again. You know, if you really liked it and you liked the game, you know, you'll still enjoy it, playing it easier and having an easier time. That's fair. No, I mean, I mean, if you're really just a masochist part and you really just do enjoy, like, being brutalized, then yeah, go See, ahead. See, my type of play style is I'll start on the difficulty that I think I can, I think I can get through, and once it gets to a certain point, I'll dial it back if I need to, but most of the time, depending on the game, I usually can stick with whatever difficulty that I'm at, because it's like, okay, tie it back to The Last of Us. When I first played it, I did it on hard. It's got like four difficulties, hard being the second to the hardest one. And I started it there, and I thought to myself, I'm probably going to have to dial this back at some point. But once I got into it and I learned the mechanics of it, yeah, there were a lot of times where something um, came about to where I should have lowered it to make it go by faster or better. But I instead adapted to learning how to play hard mode. And that way I wouldn't have to dial the difficulty back and I could still get all my achievements and stuff. I mean, as part of continuing our conversation, um, I think it uh, it also kind of depends on um, how the developers uh, basically ramped up the hardness mode. You know, if they're just really increasing uh, like an HP bar for the sake of making it harder to take down the enemies, that's, that's not really much of a challenge in so much as just you're having to trudge through it. Whereas, like, uh, like say, like Resident Evil, like you might see like less ammo drops, so you're having to be really sparing and really precise with your with your shots. I think yeah, it's one of those I, things where, if, you know, if if you're playing a game on the hardest difficulty and you're faced with a lot of situations where like that the outcome relies a lot on luck, you might need to dial it back. You know, having to have more skill or precision or something like that—that's one thing, but. If you're having to rely entirely on like a random, you know, just a stroke of genius, then I don't know how much, I don't know how fun that would be. Yeah. Just to quickly throw out the games I've been playing. Uh, I've been playing Golf It, which is a multiplayer uh, putt putt game that has ragdoll physics, pretty much. Uh, the game is like $8 on Steam. If you can get it, I highly recommend playing it because. I've had so much fun. I actually streamed that on Twitch earlier today. I have, I have a question. And okay, what? Why ragdoll physics in a miniature golf game? That, <laughs> that's, that, that's just the that's just the way it, it, in my head. I guess it's not actually ragdoll physics, but it's just like crazy, stupid. Like, how about like Bethesda physics? Does that make more sense? Is what I'm talking about. Like, we're we're like, oh no, wait a minute. Is this like a is this like a miniature golf game similar to like Humans Fall Flat? Uh, yes. I don't know, oh, gotcha. but pretty much like what I'm getting at is so, so like whenever you're trying to hit the use the uh, the putter to hit it, uh, you have like you use the mouse like how you have to like, pull the mouse back and then push it forward and like left click at the same time, and like depending on what kind of mouse you're using or like I guess the DPI on your mouse, like you you know you you'll get a feel for the sensitivity of it, but like sometimes the game will just go completely nuts, and so like I'll barely move forward and it'll send the ball into orbit <laughs> and then it'll end up on another oh, wow. course uh and fall into like you fall into like another hole it won't do anything but it's just it's just 
crazy, stupid fun. Uh, it's eight dollars on Steam. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I haven't really been playing much anything else. I've been working and ed- editing stuff. Oh, I've I've also been playing Terraria because the the latest and final update to Terraria came out on PC, and they added a really cool, not really a creative mode, but a journey mode where you kind of have control over enemy uh, difficulty. You can go into God mode and stuff like that. You don't have to. But they got a really weird, you can get, you know, like in creative mode, like Minecraft, you know, you just choose dirt and you have as much dirt as you want. For example, in Terraria journey mode, if you collect a hundred pieces of dirt and then give them to this little rabbit that studies it, then he'll produce all the dirt that you want. So to get that sort of creative jaunt, you have to first gather enough of said material to be researched by this rabbit to duplicate and mass produce it. So kind of like creative, kind of not. I think I like that a lot better. But hey, but I'll make this note. Uh, journey mode characters can only play in journey mode worlds. And they make that distinction. They don't allow that. It'll, it'll, you'll get a little prompt that says that. Kind of like when you, uh, when you create like a, a map in creative mode on Minecraft, how it says, you know, trophies are disabled. You get a similar prompt when you create a journey mode character or a journey mode map that those characters are only compatible with said maps. So you can't cheat your way through trophies and stuff <laughs> with journey mode, but it's you know it's fun to explore and. All right, before we wrap things up, Michael, what's new with Shrek Super Slam? There is nothing new right there. Nothing. You haven't been working on modding that game. I I, I did I did look into it, but uh, as far as uh, where I, where I got um, is as much as last time really. There's uh, there's no real way to. Uh, I'll, I'll have to start from scratch. Like I have the tools, but I got to start from scratch. Like I'll have to create the repositories myself. I'll have to create the all the bit textures myself, which I'm not saying I can't. Just that's a lot of work. Yeah, I've um, I've been dabbling with modding a little bit too. I'm trying to. Uh... Well, I shouldn't say I'm trying. I'm getting ready to begin the process of applying a 4K uh, update to Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door through the Dolphin emulator. So hopefully I'm going to have me a crisp Paper Mario game to play here soon. They hold me over until the Origami King comes out. I guess now it's next month. I guess this today, by the time this is up, it'll be June, so it'll be next month. So Either way, that about does it for this week. You can catch us at NGNW Podcast on all of the social media favorites, such as Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, we are now available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all the other major podcasting platforms. Richard, do you have news yet about your stuff? Uh, I should be ready next week. Okay, one more week. One more week, and then I'll I'll make my pitch. Yeah. All right, we'll see you next week. We'll have a ton of PS5 news to talk about. And maybe uh, Xbox will get jealous and they'll drop some news of their own. We'll see. But we'll see you next week. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Boy. I thought you were gone.